Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone's having an amazing day here in New York. It is blizzard season. It, it is, is so snowy. Snow I think so- it's like so blown out behind us. It's been yeah. snowing all through the night, still snowing this morning. It really is a winter wonderland. Ooh, except it's nothing like the Hallmark movies because what they don't show you in the Hallmark movies is the duty brown snow that collects in the street. When you don't plow the streets, Mr. Mayor, where are the snow plows? Yeah, no, these snow plows should be working around the clock and they're just not doing that. Well, I actually, I do love like a winter wonderland um, in New York because I don't really like leave my house that much. So it's not like that much of an, of an inconvenience, especially in COVID. So I was just enjoying being all like snuggled up all in my bed last night. Bundled up. Last yeah. night I was really enjoying it. This morning not was so another story. But I've got my, my moon boots on, my snow boots. So I was just tearing down the streets. I've got my snow boots on as well. Had to literally pull them out of the back of my closet. Like could not find them. But I actually don't mind the snow boot look. No, I love my moon boots. And I just got another pair of moon boots that are like even, these ones are just like functional. Like I actually, wear them to go ski and I don't care so much about them but I just got like a chic pair of moon boots that I'm really excited about but shoon boots shoon boots but I've been wearing moon boots since college I think they're like the cutest boots I think so too and this season they are the cutest boots ever but I'll be wearing them long into my old age like I love them so much and they're so functional like I actually own snow boots and I'm always so excited to wear them mine are from Ugg and they are reasonably priced and I think still really cute yeah they're cute too I I wouldn't have snow boots if we never like went to Utah like I used when it snows in New York like twice a year you just figure it out like you wear sandals and it just works that would be me if moon boots didn't exist right like I only have snow boots because I love moon boots so we've been here um in the studio for about 20 minutes and you have not said one word about my haircut well because I noticed it on your Instagram yesterday and honestly I I just haven't mentioned it because I don't know how to tell you this but you're Um, triggered by it because you're jealous I'm so jealous that's good you know because I'm triggered by your apartment okay because I want an apartment that nice and now you're triggered by my hair because you want hair that's nice yeah no like that's like my ideal haircut like that's exactly what I would ask for when I went like just like layered well we go to the same hairstylist mahogany so you could say just give me the Claudia yeah this is actually like the Rachel kind of it's like layered but it's so much longer than the Rachel yeah yeah, but it's like the same kind of aesthetic for my certain hair length and I think we should change it officially to the Claudia yeah we could yeah or we could just say like keep it long with layers Long with layers. But these are like, you know, I'm very specific about my layers because some people like the front pieces like to go up to their nose. And because I have this like really terrible disease called fat face, um, I cannot have the front pieces go anywhere like higher than... The front pieces are short though. Yeah, but they're still, they cannot go... Yeah. Above my chin. Like that's unacceptable. So it's a whole like mathematic. We had to get like the protractor it was like a whole thing but we figured it out because of my very serious illness it looks great Thank i'm you. gonna get a haircut in the new year and i'm i'm so excited my hair is so long i can do nothing anything like a haircut i could do anything with my hair right now because i have so much like length mm-hmm. remember when you had a bob i know one day i'm gonna go back to the bob life there's just nothing like a haircut to give you like a renewed sense of self 100 percent. a new outlook on life mm-hmm. so what are you looking like what are you seeing in your new outlook so i'm seeing that things are you know still pretty much the same <laughs> But I'm oh looking God, at it with I'm, fresh eyes. I'm sore from Live Method. And when I laugh, my chest hurts. Oh. And it's like, a, it feels like a pain that should be concerning. It's just so sad that you're hanging out with the funniest girl alive. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> also, it's coming from my right side. So like, I'm not concerned. And I know it's oh, like, yeah. it's soreness because I'm really sore. But it's like a new thing. I guess we're doing like too much. Like, chest pains are never good. We're doing too much chest work, man. Yeah. And so it's really painful. You're going to be broad as fuck. I'm going to be broad, yes. We have an amazing show for you guys today. Of course, the Fast Five. Two hours of Housewives last night, OC and Salt Lake City. And I have a very hot take. Did you watch OC? Yeah, I watched both. 
I have a very hot take. I actually think that the OC episode was better than the Salt Lake City episode. Really? Yeah. I still liked the Salt Lake City, like, ladies better and the vibe. But in terms of, like, drama and movement and plot, I actually had, like, thought the OC episode was really super interesting. It was pretty interesting. But I just loved also watching Salt Lake City last night as it snowed and there at Sundance. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is the vibe. I gotta get to Sundance. Yeah. I hate going to things where, like, it's the thing and everyone's there. That's so funny. This, we couldn't be more different. Like, really? I love that. Yeah. No, it's like, like no, Coachella? I, I want to go to Park City when no one's there. Oh, but I like to when do I that, too. When I can get a, a reservation at any restaurant, it's not like everyone from Hollywood is in town. It's like, if I wanted to go to Hollywood, I would I would take a flight to L.A. Okay, I feel that. I do. And I like that as well. Like, I actually prefer to go to Montauk in the winter as opposed to the summer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that doesn't mean I'm still not going to, like, the hot spot weekends in, you know, Park City. Because I just love to like flex and be a star fucker and I'm like such a social climber and that's like where I thrive yeah and no and I don't need it to be like desolate but it's like I don't need to go to Montauk on July 4th I can go the following weekend oh that's so funny no I will go the following weekend but then I also must be there the weekend of like how is anyone gonna know that like I'm girl with no job you know <laughs> speaking of girl with no job we are now super close. Well, not super close. We're getting closer to the release of my book, Girl With No Job, The Crazy Beautiful Life of an Instagram Thirst Monster. It is available for pre-order if you go to girlwithnojob.com slash book. Very simple to remember. All the retailers are there, plus all the versions are available for pre-order. So that's audiobook, ebook, and of course, hardcover book. Um, and it's just a fabulous book. There's some fabulous blurbs on the back written by a couple fabulous people, including my sister, Jackie. And if you want to support Jackie, buy this book. If you yeah. want to support me. It would mean a lot to me, you guys. Thank you. I, you know, we, this is what I did it like for you, you know, like um, yeah. So girlwithnojob.com slash book. If you were on my Instagram live last night, I played a little game where people were commenting page numbers and then I would just find the page and read the first sentence on the page. And I think it got everyone like, I think pre-sale numbers were really up. And if your question is, should I wait till the week of or should I pre-order? Either works as long as you're buying my book. But pre-sale would be really helpful seeing as how I'm trying to get into bookstores and more importantly, airport bookstores. And you need to have like high concentration of order numbers in order to do that. So girlwithnojob.com slash book. And I really, you can buy it from anywhere. Of course, local bookstores, if you use bookshop.com. But if you're looking to save some money this holiday season, Amazon keeps putting my book on sale, like without my permission. So um, it's good for you. Yeah, that is Competition good. benefits the consumer. And you know, there's a picture of Theo on the back. So on days like today, when he's not on the show, like you could just look at it. I couldn't bring him in today. I No, I, when I, I don't, when I rolled up and I saw he wasn't here, I was like, oh, of course. Duh. No, it's so cold. He walked for 45 minutes, did not poop, and he came back freezing. And like, so now he's laying in the living room. It's 79 degrees, and he's just like sweating. He's sweating just, bullets. Sweating bullets. Bruno hasn't been outside in like 24 hours now. It's so hard to be a dog mom when it snows. Like, we are just such an underappreciated group of people. I know, but then I saw like Knowles was thriving in the snow, and I was like, oh, am I, am I. Well, I don't want to out Knowles, but Knowles. Doesn't really go out, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. She has, like, a nice little place that she goes. Yeah. That's true. She doesn't go to, like, salted streets and stuff. No, and the salt is really scary. It gets, like, stuck in their paws. Yeah. Theo was, like, limping yesterday because there was a piece of salt <laughs> stuck between his paw pads. Like, Stop. it was so sad. Stop. That's why he needs the boots. Lip. No, I know. Do you see those boots Knowles was wearing? Yeah. Really cute. Uh, Theo, we've tried boots, like, the balloon boots and regular boots Bruno from Amazon. just got a pair of balloon boots. And it's, like, he has four legs. Like, every time I go out, I have to put on four shoes. Like, it's insane. 
insane. It's insane. No, but okay, Noel's I'm glad looks you like they had like a little zipper. Hers looked better. Yeah, but like with the little strap, I'm like, I'm going to buckle you in four times, four times a day. Okay, well, at least it's better than Bruno, who literally pees every 45 minutes. That's crazy. Crazy. Um, so, yes, we have a fabulous show for you guys. Um, I think we should, you know. Just jump right in. Right? We actually have some really good stories. So, without further ado, it's time for the Fast Five Stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. <laughs> My chest. Uh-oh. Oh, snap! I had a vision. Raven Simone came to me. She said, Claudia, you must tell the world about the power of Bruch, or else you will suffer from a very severe and deadly case of R-A-D-H. Thank you, Raven. I shall deliver your message to the people of the Morning Toast with honor. Today's episode is brought to you by Bruch, which we talk about all the time, and people keep asking for the code, so here it is. Don't forget, Bruch is the most amazing electric toothbrush on the market. I went to the dentist two days ago, and she literally was like, oh my God, what kind of toothbrush do you use? You brush so well. And I'm like, thanks, Doc. It's a Bruch. And... If you want to know what Bruch is, they clean your teeth at 31,000 movements a minute, whereas manual toothbrushes tap out at just 300. Many electric toothbrushes are barely a step up for manuals, and some of the electric toothbrushes on the market that do a good job can cost over $200. But Bruch is here. They deliver premier sonic wave technology without the markups that big electric toothbrushes tack on. You get the Bruch kit, which is what Jackie and I both have. We got it in the Millennial Pink, which is it's so cute on your counter and has this like magnetic, very sleek charging station. You get in the kit, it features the toothbrush, three electric brush heads, magnetic charging station, and a sleek travel case. And the brush itself has th six cleaning modes, daily, white, gentle, gum, max, and tongue. It has a smart timer with a quad pacer, and the battery life lasts four weeks. So if you are going to travel, you don't need to bring your charger unless you're traveling for more than four weeks, in which, which case, case I'm jealous. Must be nice. Um, and if you want to get 15% off plus express Free shipping December 16th through December 20th. So if you want to get it as a gift for someone and you might think it's too late, it's not because that 15% off and free exp express shipping um, is still valid when you use promo code toast at bruce.com. It's guaranteed arrival before Christmas and you can try it 90 days risk-free and get a two-year warranty. So the website to get your Bruce and the code is B-R-U-U-S-H.com, promo code toast. And honestly, my doctor said I had amazing teeth. So like if you want amazing teeth... I used to think that brushing your teeth like didn't make a difference like at the dentist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But she straight up was like, your teeth look so good. You're a good brusher. What do you use? And she's like electric. And I'm like, ma'am, it's a brush. It's a brush. Get your brush. Get your brush on. Okay, first story. The biggest news of the day, strangely enough, the planned Lizzie McGuire revival is officially dead at Disney+. Plus. Hillary Stuff made the... Hillary Stuff. Oh, I'm like... Hillary Stephanie Duff? I didn't know she had a middle name. Hillary Duff made the announcement on Instagram on Wednesday saying, quote, I've been so honored to have the character of Lizzie in my life. I know the efforts and conversations have been everywhere trying to make a reboot ha work, but sadly and despite everyone's best efforts, it isn't going to happen. I want any reboot of Lizzie to be honest and authentic to who Lizzie would be today. It's what the character deserves. Okay, I have two thoughts on this reboot. One, am I necessarily like devastated that I won't be watching it? No, because I probably like wouldn't have watched it in full anyway. Reboots are just like so pathetic. Second, I just find it shocking that this particular reboot did not get rebooted because there are so many like shitty reboots. And of all the ideas I've heard for a reboot, like this is not the worst one. No, it's really not. But this is not surprising. I mean, it wasn't very long ago where she like posted on social media to ask Hulu to pick it up. So there's obviously like 
drama, a sad element there, yeah. Drama at the Lizzie McGuire reboot. And also, like, I'm so anti-reboot that, like, to me, this was good news. It's like, oh, great, another show that's not going to be ruined and can just live in our memory is, like, a perfect thing. You know when, like, you, have you heard of the Mandela effect? No. It's a thing on TikTok where, I mean, it's a thing in, like, psychology, but I learned about it on TikTok, where it's, like, you have these preconceived notions in your head and, like, of what things look like or what things appear to be or what you experience, but it's actually not at all. Like, if I were to tell you, you know what the Fruit of the Loom um, logo looks like? Yeah. What does it look like? Like fruit in the basket. There's no basket. There's no cornucopia. Oh, wow. That's the Mandela effect. It's like everyone just assumed there was like a cornucopia, but there wasn't. And I think one of those things is like, we think that Lizzie McGuire was like this amazing transformative show. There were literally two seasons. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And when I heard that, like my mind was blown. I think of it as like the Hannah Montana, which was like seven seasons. Like I just, I assume I looped it in with all those other Disney shows, but it had two seasons. Yeah. But even if this was Hannah Montana, we were talking about like Hannah Montana is that perfect thing. And like, I just don't think you need to touch perfection or work it to the bone so that it's no longer perfect. Well, like, that, that's an interesting thing you say, because I obviously would definitely be interested in, in discussing a Hannah Montana reboot. But it would only be if Miley was like so fully on board. And I think she's made it very clear. She like no, hates I Hannah. Think, no, I think she's like into Hannah these days. And I think she would be on board. But like, I don't want that reboot. I think she's into Hannah now because Hannah's music outperforms Miley's music. Yeah. Back then and now. Yeah. I just, I don't want it. I don't want these reboots. But you know what is looking pretty good? Those Gossip Girl cast photos that are coming out of yeah. the Gossip Girl reboot. But like, but that's also different because it's a whole new cast. So it's like. That was like when 90210, we had the... Yes, and I Shailene liked, Woodley. That was so good. It's and not Shailene Woodley. Shailene it, Maguire? What's her no, name? No, the other Shailene. Grimes. Sinead Grimes. Sinead Grimes. They're literally the same person. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I agree. They yeah. look exactly alike and their names are the same. I, I completely agree. I think my favorite fact about 90210 is that Sarah Foster was in it. Yeah, no, and Meghan Markle was in it. Oh, yes, but Sarah Foster was, like, actually in it, and Meghan Markle was in it for, like, one and second. And Sarah Foster Ted had, like, from, a character. And um, Schitt's Creek was in it. Oh, yeah, Sarah Foster was everything in Naomi's sister. Yeah. I can't believe, like, that's Sarah Foster. Did we talk to Sarah Foster about that when she was on the podcast? I don't know. We must have. There's just so many fun facts. But anyway, so what I'm saying is if, if there was a Lizzie McGuire reboot where it was, like, um... I don't know, like Lisa McGuire. And it was just like a different girl. Like, But living. is it the same age, like same premise? Same premise, but like new casts. Like Gossip Girl, like 90210. I'm, I could be more here for that, but to like bring these characters into their old age, like... It's a little sad. It's a little sad. But there are like very few examples of super successful reboots. I think Fuller House is probably the most successful one. Like people love it. I've watched a few episodes. It's actual trash, but people seem to... I don't know what's going to be without Lori Loughlin, but... People seem to love it, and it's on, like, their fourth season now. And that's because, like, they didn't bother having all the people. They took the ones who were kids on the show, and they grew up, and now it's, like, it, I think it was well done in the sense that it's really full circle. It's, like, now DJ is a mom, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't speak to whether or not it's well done because I haven't watched it. Well, it's I'm successful to... because it hasn't been canceled, and it's on its, like, fourth. Oh, it's, it's ending. ending. Okay. Great. Great, 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 great. Um, no, so I'm glad trying I to think that of reboots that I do watch. I don't watch any. I don't think that I watch any. But it's I, a novelty. So them having like six seasons is unnecessary because it's like you watch it once like to see your characters back together. But then to watch them like go back to work, it's just sad. It's just sad. And also like 
I just feel as though Lizzie McGuire would grow up to be um, Kelsey from Younger. And yes. that show's already being made. So Redundant. If they want to go into Kelsey's backstory and her real name is Lizzie and she like went to <gasps> Italy and she dressed and like and she was a pop star. Yes. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yes. I'll take that. Because, yes. you know, the whole Younger storyline is getting kind of older. Uh, by the way, 100%. Yeah. So I don't know. I just don't think this is like very sad news. Or shocking because there was so much drama on the set and then Lizzie pleading on Instagram. It was just messy from the moment it started. Yeah. I'm just like. I'm okay with this. But I know a lot of people aren't and I, I, I'm I, sure you're going through it right now. And I No, I, I think you. you're okay. I think you're okay. <laughs> Trying to disrespect that people might have wanted the reboot. No, like I'm sure people wanted the reboot. But you know what, you guys, it's going to be okay. Like it was only on for two years anyway and we were like 11 years old. Yeah, the Mandela effect is like something I'm currently obsessed with nice current obsessions okay next up a little food news Allison Roman won't return to the New York Times after the Chrissy Teigen drama Allison Roman announced she will not return to the New York Times after taking a break from the gig following her controversial comments on Chrissy Teigen she wrote on Instagram on Wednesday quote feels like a good time to formally mention I won't be returning to New York Times cooking I'm proud of the work we made together but excited for this new chapter which includes more recipes videos and writing over on a newsletter and beyond Writing over at where? A newsletter that's called A Newsletter, I believe. Because the A okay. is capitalized. There has been. And the N is capitalized. Got it. This year, there has been so much food drama. Like this. And then there was like all this drama with Bon Appetit. And I don't follow, but I just like saw people talking about it. And it's like the food world is, cr- for lack of a better word, crumbling. Ow. <laughs> my chest. That was a good pun. My chest. Um, I don't care. Like, I don't care. You I'm know? not like big into the food world, but she posted this news alongside a recipe of like this anchovy shallot pasta. Disgusting. That was no, but like that's the point. She, it's the number one recipe the, from like New York Times food for the whole year. So like that's really what people are making this year at home. And apparently, it's like you use the whole can of anchovies, disgusting. and it's still good. That's no, so but, sick. No, but like that's the point. That's it, people are so disgusting. Anyways, I just so feel uncivilized. Like, I, I feel like I wish I tried that pasta this year. I, I mean, feel you like still I, can. I know. I just feel like I wasted so much of quarantine, like just making chili, like making I jelly, make chili. Like I could. <laughs> I okay, no, we stepped. only started making chili like a month ago. No, I started oh, making yeah, chili well in the beginning of quarantine. I feel like I could have stepped outside my comfort zone a little bit, and I feel like everyone was making like shallot pasta, and I was just like heating up, you know, chicken plant-based chicken nuggets yeah no I have no regrets about what I decided to cook in quarantine because I didn't go for the sardine pasta but I did really um cultivate my craft of spaghetti bolognese and taco and that's like my two favorite meals so I have no regrets no I mean I just said that pasta looked really good and I would like to like do something other than pasta and cottage cheese or Rayos. Oh, I love Rayos. Um, sorry for Alison Roman that she's currently but I feel out like of job. She's such a household name at this point, which I learned like because due to her this, controversy, due to this drama, and so I feel like she, you know, could become like a, an extremely. Uh, she already is, but on her own, a very influential food yeah. news. They're always looking for new folks over at Food Network. Yeah, I feel like there's you could try the cooking there's channel. So many opportunities in the food world, and yeah. I think her brand is on point, and people love her recipes. And a bunch of people left Bon Appetit this year. Right. So, so I think like... I heard they're hiring. The food world is really being shaken up. Yeah. Just like your salad. But I feel like I've actually been in the mood, this is weird, to watch like cooking shows, like traditional 
cooking shows. I'm so glad. I am so, so glad you brought that up. Because, and so every once in a while when I'm like just wanting to watch live TV, like I don't want to have to go to one of the streaming services. And I'm like, I want to watch the Food Network. Like I want to watch like Sandra Lee Two Shots. Yep. Like I want to watch Rachel Ray. Mm -hmm. and every single turn, time I turn on the Food Network, it's a competition cooking show. I was just having this conversation with someone. They don't fucking put on cooking shows anymore. It is all competition. Guys, grocery games, cupcake wars. There's no more 30 minute meals at home with Sandra Lee. Artie's party like where are those shows of people just standing in their kitchen cooking I could not agree more those were iconic and even though you're never gonna make the recipes there was something so soothing about just like watching people cook and also like I just want to watch other people cook to learn like small techniques that I don't already know like and no well, like I said, I'm not gonna like write down the whole recipe and copy it on the tv Mrs. Doubtfire style no they put it on the blog so Right, but like she was watching TV and doing the recipe at the yeah. same time. I don't think I would do that, but like watching how they do like chop certain things might just give me a skill that I didn't already have and I feel like I would find it really soothing. Also, they always have these like holiday cupcake things on. I, I'm like, oh, I'll watch it because I like the great The competition. British, yeah, yeah, I like the great British Bake Off, so it must not be that dissimilar. But like no shade to these bakers. Like it's really bad. Yeah, I know. The stuff that they do, it's like, it's real amateur hour, and I feel like <laughs> maybe when, I feel like they've ran out of like that's really what I, talented bakers. Chefs. Yeah, because it's been on for so long. When they first started, they got the best in the country, and then they like started to lower their bar, and now it's like honestly, I could do it. Yeah, no, it's just like not that impressive. No, I know. It's like mean to say. I do like those like Halloween cake wars where you like make the scariest ghost house, and that's cool. But I agree, I'm really upset with the programming shift. They, had, I don't think, I don't even know one. They, I think they still put on barefoot Contessa sometimes. But I would love to watch her. Yeah, controversially, she's not my absolute favorite in terms of watching them cook. My least favorite was always Giada De Laurentiis, but I would even take that. I really loved 30-minute meals with Rachel. I'm Rachel like, Ray is iconic. I'm finally at a point in my life where I can appreciate this content, and I never watched it before, yeah. and it's like now I'm finally here, and the train has left the station. Yeah, no, we're so late. Like, it's so crazy. I'm sure it's because, like, competition shows just perform so much better. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I just, I feel like there's a gap in the in the market iron chef like i'm so over these competition shows beat bobby flay there's so many i just feel like throughout the daytime there should be like the shows that you watch at home yeah and then at night like we could spice it up with some competition well so there's also the cooking channel which i believe is owned by food network because they like share a lot of talent and debbie mazar has her show on there bitch in kitchen um I wonder if that maybe is like where that programming went. I've never watched. I know it's one channel up for me from Food Network. Maybe. I don't know. I just, all I know is I've been disappointed too, too many times. And then, so I had to bring it up. I'm so glad you brought that up because I've been I, that's thinking That's crazy that you had the same thought. I don't know who I was just with, but I was literally talking about how it's like so frustrating that every time I go, I like get the itch. I go and it's like never what I want. It's always guys grocery games, supermarket yeah. sweep. Like, yeah. Maybe they're on, like, a streaming service. But, again, that's, like, not... I don't want to have to, like, come into it. I just want to, like, background noise. Yeah, I'll even watch commercials. Like, I just... I want the relaxed Rachel Ray. And I loved that kitchen she used to work out of. It was, like, very retro. Do you remember? Yeah. It was, like, all kind of, like, Smeg-inspired. Yeah. She was, that, that was my favorite show. I remember, like, watching that growing up. I love Rachel Ray. I should watch her daytime talk show. You should. She's a queen. I think she's, re she's really successful with she's it. She's so rich. I have her, um... Baking trays, they're wonderful. I know, I burned my finger on it. Yeah, well, that was on you. 100%. I don't blame like Rachel. Rachel literally said, don't touch it right out of the I'm oven. not suing. I'm not a... <laughs> you um, wouldn't have a case. No, I mean, I would. Like, I did suffer, you know, three degree burns. Third, third degree burns. Anyways, if anyone's listening, please. Please help us. Where can we find those shows? Yeah. 
Okay, ready for our next story? Yes. It's a little New Year's Eve news mm. because the plans have been announced for New Year's Eve in Times Square and it's the first time since 1907 that the ball will drop without spectators. And I'm just curious, what happened in 1907 that there were no spectators? None of the articles have Influenza? It. Something? I, I don't know. Spanish they, flu? They haven't said. Wow. They're just like saying 1907. Depression? No, that was no, the 20s. Yeah, no. So. World War One? No, that's like the teens. Oh, it is? Yeah. So anyways, just that's a fun fact about 1907, but also no spectators at the New Year's Rockin' Eve and Gloria Gaynor will be performing I Will Survive. Um, I just have to, okay, that's like in poor taste. Um, no, I feel like it's meant to be inspirational. No, it is, but like the year that people, so many people died from a disease and were like, I will survive. It just but, seems like in and, poor taste. And, and the year that so many people survived from the disease. Okay. And the accompanying. Okay, Gloria, whatever. I just seem, it just seems like we're living in such sensitive times. I'm just shocked that didn't get tabled that immediately. Passed. Yeah, no, really. And I just have to say, um, um, they can try to keep people out of Times Square, just like they tried to keep people out of the Rockefeller Christmas tree lighting. Did you see what happened? <laughs> oh my God. They literally put up huge, like 18 wheeler trucks around Rockefeller Center. So even if you were standing, like you couldn't see inside, pe- there was like one gap between two trucks. <laughs> A million people like came just to take pictures. So in New York, I mean, Times Square is so much bigger, so they can try, but I, I have a feeling people will who want to will make their way over there. Oh, wow. I didn't even think that people would like want to go. You there. cannot stop a drunk New Yorker like pandemic come come hell or high water like they're going. Yeah. Oh, wow. That'll be interesting. And then, of course, you can watch it on TV. So Dick and oh, 1907 oh. was the first ball drop and they didn't let people come see it like. That seems like kind of selfish. No, they're saying since 1907. Well, then, then the, the headlight should be Times Square ball drop will drop without spectators for the first time ever. Right. Not since 1907. Right. You know what I mean? 100%. 100%. 100%. I, was, I had that thought. 100%. I was like, maybe that was the year it started, but then it 100%. should say first time ever. 100%. 100%. You know? 100%. So balls have been dropping since 1907. Um... This is like sad. You know, this is another thing. Dick and Rock and Clark and Rock and Eve. Um, I that's like a memory from like the time that I was born. And you see the people, and you're always like, I want to go there. And then you grow up, and it's like, why the fuck would I want to go there? Yeah, I always wanted to like be in Times Square. And then it's like you grow up, and you realize what it actually no, entails. You grow up and then you're like, I want to perform there. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just kidding. I have no talents. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could. Um, I could like like like, everyone else. We could be like Andy and Anderson. Mm. 100%. That's a good dream. Actually, I happen to think that Andy and Anderson's um, New Year's Eve is like maybe one of the best one out there. Like they're so funny. And I meant to bring this up yesterday because two nights ago I watched Anderson on Watch Trappings Live with Kaylee Cuoco uh, talking about the flight attendant. And it was just so funny. Andy was so relaxed. And Andy's always, I feel like, very uptight on Watch Happens Live, like about time, people getting their answers, like it all running smoothly. And I think yeah. it actually like affects his performance. Yeah, like he doesn't listen to the answer because he's like, is this answer going to He's too on long? his cards. Yep. yep. Um, but he was so relaxed with Anderson and it was like such a good vibe. I loved seeing Andy in that way. And that's what they do on New Year's Eve. And I feel like they're so funny. I remember a few years ago it was raining and they're like on these, they're like in sky boxes. So they're like kind of in the air. Um, it was raining and they were wearing umbrellas and like, um, they were holding umbrellas and they like the TV association like called them when they were on commercial break. It was like, you can't use an umbrella. It's like a fire hazard. If it falls off the thing, it'll hit someone in the face. And Andy and Anderson took their umbrellas down and were getting like poured on. And they're looking around all the other skyboxes of all the other broadcasts going on. And like 
everyone is using an umbrella. And it was just so funny. I feel like they do a really good job. And I haven't watched Dick Clark rock Ryan Seacrest in so long. Um, I just feel like it's not it. It's time to bring in the big guns, Anderson and Andy, I think. Oh, I, I watched a little bit of them, and I had the opposite thought. Really? Yeah, I thought it was, like, so... Me- what you thought was, like, candid about it, I thought was, like, super messy. Oh, that's what I love, though. Yeah, I don't know. They, like, conferenced in, like, Lindsay Lohan and the... Oh, that's funny. The, the, no, 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 but, like, there was, like, the Wi-Fi was horrible. Like, it was Is this on Watch Out Live, you're saying? Or no, on New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve. But, I don't know, maybe I'm just misremembering. Um, also... I think like the historical significance of like it being Kathy Griffin and then like Kathy Griffin like coming for Andy Cohen's neck and all those videos like that to me as a pop culture enthusiast like I have no choice but to but is to exciting. stand is exciting. Okay, well next up, speaking of celebs, we have the highest paid celebrities of 2020, according to Forbes. Judge Judy. No. Okay, let me think. Number one highest paid celeb, of- man or a woman? Woman. Kylie. Yep. Number queen. Two- Queen. Queen. queen, fucking queen, queen at five hundred and ninety million dollars in twenty twenty. Is that like in salary? In paid. Wow, that's crazy. Number two. Wait, sorry. Do they give what it's from, like endorsements? Um, she well, because of Cody, right? And because she sold Kylie Cosmetics. That's Got right. it. Okay, so I guess would Kim be next? No. Okay, so n- number two is a man or a woman? Man. Give me the industry music. I mean. He would have a hard time just nailing it down to one. Ryan Seacrest. No. Because it's just, I feel like he doesn't really put himself in any boxes. Can you give me more clues? He's very, has a hand in everything. Ryan Seacrest. No. Do you think more like metaphysically? Tony Robbins? No. (laughs) You're getting closer, sort of. Yeah, like culty vibes? I mean, no. Karen Cruz? (laughs) No. Who? My chest. Kanye. Oh, 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 same family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Three, four, and five. Wait, that's crazy that the top two on Forbes come from the same family. I know. Are, are three, four, and five any Kardashians? No, all athletes. Okay, who are they? Roger Federer, Christian Ronaldo, Lionel Messi. Okay. Number six. Kim. No. Number six. Chris. No, not a Kardashian. Number six. Can be man or woman? Man. Industry? We announced this year that he became a billionaire. Industry? Entertainment. Elon Musk? Mm-mm. Oh, wait. Elon no. Musk. Are you <laughs> joking? He just became the second richest person on sorry, Earth. Sorry, 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 sorry. And Mars. Okay, billionaire. We announced this year that this man became a billionaire. And, and we were so happy for him. Yes. We I, were, it's all coming back we to We were me. so happy for him. And why were we happy for him? Because he's a precious gem of a man, like, always doing, like, the best good work, lifting know. people up. Remind me. Tyler Perry. Oh, yes. So happy for him. Um, and I'm glad that he's using those funds to pay Carl Lentz's rent. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Seven, Neymar, another athlete. Okay. Eight. Okay, the eight is big for the po- the broadcasting hosting world. Joe Rogan? No, but that's a good guess. Similar, but more Bigger. established. Who's more established than Joe Rogan? It's right there. It's right there. Alex Cooper? <laughs> Who? Howard Stern. Oh, duh, 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 duh. I go so fixated on podcasting, I forgot about radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Nine, athlete man. LeBron? Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm so smart. Ten, actor man, movie star, former athlete. Arnold Schwarzenegger? (laughs) No, that's a good guess. The Rock. 
Oh my god, are you okay with your chest? No, I'm really not. Because you're like not laughing at any of my jokes, because, and it's so hurtful. Because, no, if I touch my chest, it means it's funny. Okay, okay, okay. okay. It's like sign, American Sign Language. <laughs> yeah. So those are your top ten highest paid celebrities of 2020. Who was number ten? Um, The Rock. Oh right. Do you want some more? I can sure. just like I'll just rattle them off instead of this guessing game. I was having fun, but sure. Eleven Rush Limbaugh. Twelve Ellen. Thirteen Bill Simmons. Also Ellen. Sorry, really. Bill Simmons podcasting. Yeah, love podcasting. that for him. Yeah, love yeah, that yeah. for him. Because he sold his network. The Ringer. Yeah. And to Spotify? Who did yeah, he sell it to? Spotify. Um, so Ellen like put out this video just like updating everyone like on how she's doing. And honestly, like, I really felt bad for her. Like, she's just she's a woman defeated. Like, she's she was just so down, like, yes, because she had COVID, but like I just think she knows like like her time is up. You know what I mean? Like everyone's just like over her. It was just like such a sad video to see her like this powerful woman just be. I feel like if she thought everyone was over her, she wouldn't put out a video talking about her COVID symptoms. And I feel like she had to, you Why? know, because like, that's just the world we live in now. She was, and she was like, I'm totally fine. hundred percent. They don't tell you about the excruci- excruciating back pain. She was just like, they try- tell you about it on OC, Real she, Housewives of OC. That's true. She was just like trying to be funny and like relatable. And it was just, it was so flat and the video, like, for the first time in this whole Ellen debacle, like, I, I felt a lot of sympathy for Ellen. Okay. And not so much because she had COVID, but just because her spirit was was crushed. I understand. And then she was, like, trying to be funny, like, playing Connect Four with Portia. And it was just, it was soul crushing. It really was. Ow. Chest. <laughs> Chest touch. 14, Elton John. Happy for him. 15, James Patterson, the novelist. But you might know him from the Jeffrey Epstein documentary, which is oh, so which underrated. so weird. I thought you were going to say, you might know him from his commercials. Like, every book he makes has a commercial for oh, some yeah, reason. No, he's I'm like, James Patterson. Yeah, and then he's, like, walking the beach in the Epstein documentary because he was his neighbor. Yeah, because he lived in Palm Beach. Yeah. Well, that's actually, you know what that reminds me of? Um, and I think it was, I'm so glad he put it in his um, stand-up routine. When Dave Chappelle did the whole thing on R. Kelly, and he was like, I'm not a betting man, but if I were, like, R. Kelly definitely did that shit. And then he was like, and I have this friend, Dream, who's a documentary filmmaker, and she made the Lifetime documentary, and she was like, Chappelle, do you want to be in it? And he was like, no. And then Dream, when she was doing press, was like, um, Dave Chappelle said no to being in the documentary. And of course, like, everyone picked that up. And Dave Chappelle was like, I only said no. Because I don't know this man at all. We yeah. never met him. And that, that now it's like a trend of like celebrities being put in documentaries when they've literally never met the person they know nothing about, but it's like because they're a celebrity. And, and, they, no, and they have an opinion on the matter. Like they're right. an expert. James Patterson. Yeah. No, but he lived so? there. And he's, I don't, I don't think it's the same thing. So? 16, Steph Curry. 17, Ariana Grande. Hmm. 18, Ryan Reynolds. Wait, where's Taylor Swift on this list? She's not here. Nine, what year is this? 2020, the one that we're in. I guess she really, by I mean, the time she might, data, down, she might be later down. 19, Gordon Ramsay. 20, I think this is the most shocking one, the Jonas Brothers. Wow. $68.5 million. But how did, how did musicians make money in 2020? Um, they didn't tour. Album sales, merchandise, licensing deals. I guess. Um, Taylor's number 25 on the list at $63.5 million. But like... The chain smokers are twenty one. Wow, how much? Sixty eight million. Wow, the chain Dr. Phil Hello, is twenty two. Happy for him. Ed Sheeran's twenty three. Kevin Durant's twenty four. Taylor's twenty five. Tiger Woods twenty six. Kirk Cousins twenty seven. Post Malone twenty eight. J.K. Rowling twenty eight. Also Ryan Seacrest twenty eight. Also they all made sixty million. Fabulous. I'm happy for all these people. Slightly jealous, but still happy. Yeah, still happy. Jealous. 
Though. Very. Very. So jealous. So just interesting what the celebs were up to, who was in making money in 2020. Wow, this list is really interesting. Like Sean Mendez, $54.5 million. Well, he had a Netflix documentary, so I'm sure that was like at least 20 mil. You think so? Yeah. And I think his tour and ended. And he grossed $87 million on tour in right. 2019. I just, and that's how the Jonas Brothers made a lot of money too, their tour but, in 2019. So this is the, the list from money they made in 2019? You know, I don't know how... It goes, okay. you know, because um, it's the 2020 list, but like some, you know, maybe you, you cashed the check in 2020. Yeah, I feel that. I find it interesting, though, that like everyone's been suffering this year, but it seems like celebrity culture is like alive and well and they're still making lots of money. Um, and I'm happy for them. Yeah. I mean, this is like a list of like literally the biggest people on earth and so like smart and respected intellectuals and Kylie is number one. And that's just everything to me. And, and I know that's like why people hate her, but that's why I personally stand for life. Like stand for life. She's not just on the list. Like number one. Above Kanye. Like that's crazy. Crazy. Um, Above James Patterson. So prestigious. <laughs> um, all right. Now oh, wait, that's oh, not the no, fifth because and final. I know we have one more story. Yeah. That's not the fifth and final story because the fifth and final story is the fact that Dorinda Medley is selling Sonia by Sonia Morgan dresses on Poshmark. Used. Dressed. One dress. A used Sonia by Sonia Morgan dress. Yes. Rony fans might be dying to get their hands on a dress designed by Sonia Morgan, but now they can get it straight from Dorinda's closet. Dorinda recently added a black balloon sleeve dress from the Sonia by Sonia Morgan line to her Poshmark page and is selling the $200 style for $175. That's not enough of a discount for a used dress. Yeah. Um... Normally, like, I don't really report on former housewives doing stuff. Oh, is that like a... a that's Principle. just like a personal preference, yeah. but you wanted to talk about this. Because I saw also somebody left a comment on our Instagram that in, in addition to selling a Sonia by Sonia Morgan used dress, Dorinda is also selling a used Lady Gang piece of merch. What? <laughs> yeah. So justice for the Lady Gangers. Um, I, I always feel like when we get to a point with a former housewife shelling things on Poshmark, it's always dark, you know? Um, and this reminds me of when Carol Radswell was let go from Housewives. She was selling used underwear on... Lingerie. But which is on which is stuff that you put on it's your bottom. Fancy underwear. Yeah, yeah. She was selling it on Poshmark, and I just feel like I, I I agree. I don't necessarily need to keep up with former housewives, but I was really interested, especially in New York, as it pertains to like the women's finances related to the show, and that's why like they're so dependent on it. And I think Dorinda was a prime example of that. She moved out of her apartment. She's now fully in the Berkshires. And um, her Instagram is just getting weirder and weirder. Oh, I don't follow her, but oh. she's fully in the Berkshires. I really like that for her. Me too. Her house in the Berkshires is so nice. Um, did you see uh, this video that I sent you about? On, I, st- I started to watch it. But on Dorinda's Instagram? I started to watch it, but then I, I couldn't give it more time than I did. Okay. Because I thought it was a joke, but then it wasn't. And if you haven't watched it, Dorinda put up this video on her Instagram um, that Hannah, her daughter, did like this fashion styling video. And I just think everyone should see it. And that's all I'll say. Okay. I think that's really like... That's good advice. Big of me. Um, <laughs> all right, Chess. Housewives recap. Let's start Chess. in order. OC. I thought it was a great episode. I'm not gonna lie. I need to go to Lake Arrowhead. I know. And that house was cute at first, but the, I agreed with Kelly. Like the longer I looked at it, uh, it serial was, killer vibes. It was nice from the outside, and the big decks over the lake are like the nicest part. But the house inside was like a little scary. I mean, and then the bugs and the spiders. Like I'm out. That was insane. And of course, it's like literally the one time Gina gets the master. Like I thought that was so funny. And I know I'm very hard on Gina. She's been good. I have to say two things. She was great this episode. She had the most um, incredible moment, which I'm gonna get to in a second. And two, her hair looked awesome. Yeah. 
It was her natural hair blown out, and I was just happy to see it. Yeah. And I have to give her credit because they had that, you know, kind of awkward, uncomfortable conversation between Bronwyn and Kelly just talking about, like, the state of the world and the Black Lives Matter movement and some of those, like, historical um, statues coming down. And it was getting really tense, and... I kind of wish that they had like had a more civil discussion about it because it might have been like more interesting. But then they were just like being messy. But then Gina just stepped in and first of all, like simmered the the argument and said the most poignant thing that I just was like so impressed by because she was talking about how she got arrested. Yes. What was it like a year ago? And of course she was like terrified because she was like scared about her kids. But never once did she think that the police officer was ever going to hurt her. She was never afraid of the police officer. She was afraid of her own actions and the consequences. And that if she were a black woman or a black man, like that would have been so different. Maybe it would have been different. And the fact that if it's a maybe is yeah. exa- like, I just thought I never expected, you know, and all of the shows we're watching now covering the Black Lives Matter movement. I never expected Gina to say what I thought like to be like the most poignant thing. Like yeah. she, I just didn't expect it from her. And she really shut the conversation down. And I'm, I can't believe what I'm about to say, but like Gina's a queen. Yep. She, she has queenie vibes. Queenie vibes for, are emulating all around. Yes, I agree. And speaking, I just, I like that moment. But, but like, she said that in her confessional and but, I just thought it was a very like profound she thing She said the say. second thing in her confessional saying if it would have been yes, different if no, she was but a black. she talked about her experience getting arrested. And I love, you know, when people pull on personal experiences, especially ones that might have been traumatic. And I just thought it was brilliant, like really brilliant. Um, and speaking of queenie vibes, as it pertains to Gina, Elizabeth Vargas is my queen and I absolutely love her. And I feel like she and Kelly and Gina are like having the best time on this trip. And Bronwyn, Bronwyn shouldn't have been on this trip. And to be honest, like Bronwyn's presence on this season in a lot of different scenarios is kind of like polarizing. Yeah, but here's what I don't like about Bronwyn. Like last week when everyone was getting together to talk shit about Elizabeth, she's like the big dog on campus. Like no, talking, she's she's literally hosting the she's gatherings. talking the most shit, you know, like laughing, haha, when is my season this, that. And then she goes to this weekend and I don't know, her like sidekicks aren't there uh-huh. to back her up and all of a sudden she's like cowering and has nothing to say. I don't want to talk about Shannon when she's not here. No, and it's like she's one person when she has like people behind her and then she's another when she has to stand on her own yeah and I just thought that was like a really fucking lame thing that was season one spineless yeah like Bronwyn I agree it was so lame when she literally did what I she talks like big shit yep when everybody's around echoing her but then like she can't have those same thoughts and feelings when the the odds aren't in her favor I know and I felt like badly because I was very sympathetic to her like she shouldn't have put her she shouldn't have gone on that trip like with Kelly and Elizabeth, like, they weren't even trying. But if she didn't go on that trip, then, like, she's even even bigger coward. It's like, wow, you can't even be in the same room as the people that you talk mad shit about. I know. I without, just feel- like, Shannon there to back you up. Yeah, I feel like Bronwyn got herself in a really bad position because she is being so open about her journey on sobriety and her marriage and it's just like it's really hard for her but then she's also starting so much drama and she's really being such a little potster that she has to show up to everything whereas like if she was just you know taking her, her journey easy. to sobriety taking it easy this season we I wouldn't have cared she didn't need to go but she needs to answer for her sins to Elizabeth yeah like if you're gonna start digging up paperwork which like n- you didn't have to do that then you got to show up and you have to answer. But to nobody asked you to do that. But I also really liked how Elizabeth and I feel like housewives never do this where she was like, we were having a good time. So I just didn't mention it. Like, I feel like that's something that I would do. It's like not everything needs to be confrontation on the show. It does. And I'm sure she will bring it up eventually. But it's like it didn't need to be the first thing out of her mouth. I agree. But I'm I'm eagerly waiting for her to take the Medoras down, take Bronwyn down. Like it really bothered me that she did that. 
Elizabeth has been nothing but nice to all of these women. And the fact that like they just don't understand her personal situation required them to like go and investigate. Like that's fucked up. And I didn't like that. And that's mean girl shit. Yeah, it really is. And the trip, like when they were on the beach, like paddleboarding stuff, pathetic. it literally looked like the worst housewives trip of, of all, all time. time. I couldn't agree a more. A group of women like but, who did not want to be together in the middle of a pandemic when like everyone should just be home with their families. Like it was so like random. Yeah. Kelly is like the worst for so many reasons, especially as it pertains to Bronwyn's sobriety. Um, like she just can't help herself and they're, she's just being awful. But Kelly is reality television gold and here's why. That she scene. is on FaceTime with Shannon Bedore talking incredible shit about Bronwyn and has absolutely no idea that Bronwyn is standing right in front of her. No, like I was so like I was like, look up, look up, look I'm up. Like, no, stop, make it stop, please stop. <laughs> it was fucking terrible. Like, but that's why she's hilarious. Hilarious. And it's not like that it, when that happened, she wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She's like, oh, Bronwyn's here. She walked away. Gotta yeah, go. Gotta go. Like I was so shook. Whenever they kept going back to OC, I was like depressed and like I really wanted to stay in like Arrowhead. But I thought was what Emily was going through was so interesting. Um First of all, like, I felt so bad for her. Like, even before they took Shane to the hospital, like, she has COVID. She's exhausted. Her husband is really, really sick. She's taking care of him all while taking care of. How many kids does she have? Three or two? Three. Three little kids. Like, I felt really bad for her. And then it's like, and you have to think of the time. Like, now it's like COVID. We've lived with it for so long. We know more about it. It's not as scary. But, like, when this is happening, like, this is peak, you know, confusion. Peak pandemic and she had to drop her husband off at the hospital and he's like texting her like he's like it's like an every hour is like a fight to survive I felt so bad for her and Emily's my queen and I, I was sad that she couldn't go on the trip and then things just went downhill so fast yeah my queen I'm, yeah I was praying for her no it was very sad but knowing that it turns out okay yes. is it okay yeah um and I do think it's crazy that Shannon like didn't get it so far no right so far I don't know if she ends up getting it but at this moment in time she doesn't, her and John don't have it. Yeah. Also, I guess next week, like, she's starting to, like, she's now mad at her kids because they got it and made her go quarantine with John and they're, like, annoying each other and she thinks she's going to lose her relationship because, like, John's tired of her. Yeah. Which is, like, one, don't blame your kids for that, but two, yeah. that's, like, a very real, like, issue. Quarantine And I was actually issue. thinking the same thing. They were, like, sitting around all day just, like, not, you know, just, it's not, like, the best situation. Like, you never want to feel that way when you're, like. And the house looks small. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, like. Wow, don't these people like get sick of their new boyfriends? No, I don't know how people do it. So it's it looks like she'll be talking about that next week. But Shannon like should be mad at her kids for like if 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 I if Ben or someone in my home had like an autoimmune disorder, it was like very high risk. You take incredibly different precautions than you do when you're two young people who are knock on wood like relatively healthy. So the fact that like her kids were like running out and partying while living home with their mom like was irresponsible and she should be mad at them for that, not for John. Yeah. She's mad about the wrong thing. Yeah. No, I think she was mad about that like last week and now next week it looks like she's like mad that she's in this situation because of them where she has to spend so much time in close quarters with him and like it might put a damper on their relationship. Yeah. Um but all in all I thought it was actually a pretty interesting episode especially as it pertains to like covering what was going on in the world at, at the time when with COVID. Like sometimes I find those like flashbacks like in Southern Charm and all these shows to be like a little traumatizing. I just don't want to go back to that place. But I thought how they did it this week was super interesting because there was a lot going on. Yeah. Also when they're wearing those face shields and they forgot to take the the film I off. did that. I did the same thing. And when Gina was like, I thought it was frosted. I literally <laughs> thought the same thing. I like, I didn't even question. I was like, okay, so it's a little blurry. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I literally did the same thing. And then you came to the office wearing it. I'm like, Jackie, there is a peel thing that you have no, to take I off. No, I was like, 
I love this thing so much. Like, I don't care if I can't see. Right. No, totally. That was so funny. So, so, so much of it was like, um, like funny and relatable in a sense. And I yes. didn't find it so triggering this time. Yes. It was funny and relatable. Now for Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, honestly, nothing happened. It seems like we're gearing up for, um, like a big Sundance week next week. But I did find it really interesting how they keep saying Lisa is like the queen of Sundance. And I wanted to see her actually at Sundance, like in her element. And to be honest, I thought it was going to be a joke, but she was like doing real parties. That was McMillions. I know. That was cool. That wall of like peel. That was cool. That's like a big ass documentary that came out. WME talent agency party. Like she was legit. Yeah, she was legit. And a lot of times. unclear on what she does. Is she a party planner? Oh, that part I don't know because she described it and then I realized I had tuned it out. And then, I was, oh my God. and then I was like, I don't want to rewind because it came back right after commercials because yep. I don't wind up watching more commercials. Yep. And so I was like, maybe I'll catch it next time. I just think she's like one of those ambiguous like branded event managers. Yeah, like event know? coordinator. Yeah. I don't think she's a party planner, but... Yeah, I she does like the brand integration at events. She's like an event coordinator. A brand integration Lifestyle. coordinator. Lifestyle. Yeah. Um, events. So I have, I'm struggling with Salt Lake City and maybe you can help me understand. I love Meredith. Like I think she's a queen. But I can't really put into words like how much I don't care about her son. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. her son's clothing line mm-hmm. with his name written on it when his name literally carries no weight and three her son's fashion show like and to be honest at first like I think her son Brooks like got a little ahead of himself because at first he was like funny and sassy and now he's just straight up annoying and thirsty no annoying thirsty and just annoying like when he's crying because his dad's not there and it's like come on and I do feel bad I don't want to like speak no, I ill of someone's when, when, kid when Meredith oh yes but no he has but he has inserted himself no, but also he has, he has confessionals. confessionals like he is holding a snowflake like yeah he is has put himself in the ring uh-huh. and wants to be talked about yep. on the podcast well he's memed. thirsty and yes he is thirsty and and I think that he's very much interested in everything that comes along with being a housewife including this part I agree and I just I was not I was not here for any of it last night. Except when they were getting ready, I really wanted to like kill the kid because he was like, I'm late. I'm like, you have this opportunity. Get up and go. Pack your suitcase. Mom, where's my slippers? Mom, what are you? Five years old? You're 19 years old. Find your own fucking shoes. But then when the alarm went off and the toilet overflowed, like that was actually funny. Oh my God. No, to me it was so annoying. Like, cause Bruno was like up cause the dog was barking. I literally had to lower my volume to like three because Bruno was like, what the fuck's going on? No, but that was so funny. And that is something that would happen in my house. Like, Oh, got a big work opportunity. Toilet overflows. Yeah. No, I felt stressed for Meredith, but I just felt like he was just not being helpful, like not taking advantage of the opportunity. And also like him crying because his dad misses first Park City fashion show when it's really just tracksuits with his name on it. Like, and like, uh, no, and it's like you have. I felt no, bad. wait, no. Let I me felt, say one thing. Let me say one thing. No, this is what I was trying to say before. I felt worse for Meredith when she was describing it. She, she felt so. She was. Yes. So, felt so guilty that she even put her son in a situation where her, his dad wouldn't be able to be there for him. But it's like this situation just isn't it. But Brooks is like a little bit of a brat because Brooks. Hi, you have the privilege of dropping out of college, living at home, and starting your own fashion line with like your parents' money because your dad has to go to Ohio and start this company. So it's like. Uh, uh, Either take take the uh, take it all or, or no. none of it. So it's like it was just so. I'm like he's like crying. I'm like oh, I'm a money you poured into my fashion line, and like now you can't come. It's like well, he can't come because he's working no, to pour but, more money into your fashion line. But it's like if you're so concerned about your dad seeing your fashion line, like have a show in the living room. Like <laughs> this is about everyone else. This is yeah. about like the world, the the city seeing yeah. it, the exposure. Like it's not about mommy and daddy. No, a hundred percent. Like and that's and that's like a telltale sign. Like maybe you're not ready for a fashion line because all you care about. Is your chest okay? All you care about is like your dad, not like the buyers. Yeah. 
Like, you know? he's not caring about the buyers. Right? No, no, I, I don't work in fashion, but I actually briefly did. And I know that it's all about the buyers. It is. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to like go too hard on him. No, but, like, me too. Because he's cute and funny. Like, where he's like gluing on the like labels and he's like sad about his dad. I'm like, get to fucking work. No. Park City Fashion Week. <laughs> no. And I have to say, we always rail on like <laughs> obscure cities having like their first annual fashion week. Like OC when it was on a boat was like so pathetic. Like I literally could have <laughs> cried myself to sleep. And but who was it that started yelling at the director? <laughs> that random woman, Kathy <laughs> Kelly. Kelly got into it because this, this woman, Kathy, who's like a mom. She was like and, coming for the kids. Yeah, she was coming for the kids. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, but I have to say, like, of all the sad fashion weeks we saw, even, like, at New York Fashion Week, when some of the New York Housewives and Beverly Hills Housewives go, and it's really sad, Park City Fashion Week didn't look so terrible. I have no, to say. it didn't compare to some of the other things that we've seen, but it actually... Compared got, to Kyle and it Shahida? It actually got me thinking about fashion weeks in general, and I think that, like, the Real Housewives fa- Fashion Week... The Real Housewives franchise is absolutely destroying fashion weeks around the world. <laughs> Globally, I couldn't agree more. Because like, now the phrase fashion week is just it's so a, cringy. It's tacky because it's like, it's Kyle and Cheetah. Yeah, no, it's it's everything. It's the boat. It's Brooks. Like, it's, now it's like Housewives kids. Like Bronwyn's kid was a designer. Now they're all modeling. They're all designers. Like it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Um, but back to the, like the other ninety five percent of the episode, <laughs> it was kind of boring. Like honestly, nothing happened. Winnie had that party for her kids, oh my God, and that looked I so love fun. Winnie so Me too. much. Like she's she so sweet. Is so sweet. She's she loves so her husband. Fun. She's so positive. She like will be a good friend to Jen while also not talking shit about Mary. Like yep. get you a friend who can do both. She invites you over for like a tequila and hot tub night. Like is that what they do in Utah? It was just, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I really think that Whitney was like the MVP of the episode. Just uh, Heather is really getting, oh, she's so fucking funny. But also funny. them together, like when they went to get drinks and like Whitney was just like being the biggest cheerleader and Heather was being so honest and Heather was like, every time I go for it, like my hand gets slapped and Whitney's like, keep going. Like, yeah. it was just so cute. But Jen Shaw was on um, Watch Happens Live and she said the next morning Heather showed up with the dudes. So like they obviously like got it on and I was just so happy for Heather. Oh my God, that's really great. I love Heather. The um, introduction of the Vanderpump Rules cast was like weird and I'm not sure why they were there like there was no drama but they were just there I enjoyed it yeah, but no, I think they were just like at Sundance actually right and then there was maybe like one of the producers like works on right. rules and they just went to the party and I, I enjoyed it yeah me too yeah Jen Chow like has to start throwing parties at other places yeah but she, but the parties that were in last night's episode like were legit the party for Whitney's husband like that house was so fucking nice stunning stunning Jen Shaw's party looked lit as hell yep. like these are real parties not like sad like what we've gotten to in like New York of what a party looks like is like the eight people in a room and like Mindy Miss what's her name Misty. Misty like the housewives like of friends of housewives like Barbara like yeah. it's always like the same ragtag and then like a bunch of gays like it's always the same group of people and it's never like an organized event it's always like an empty event space with like a balloon a hundred percent so I agree this was like a dynamic party with different people from different walks of life lots of men women like there was just a lot of people there was just like people who there was like straight men straight women paid to be there and don't work for the cast members totally it was just, yeah they're not on the payroll like exactly and they haven't been to every event on the season so far yeah this yeah. was just like people like in if town you start looking closely at new york like everyone who's in the background of every party is that they're this, paid extras no they're at this like no they're like the publicist and the yes publicist. <laughs> yeah no i know what you mean yeah it's like literally the housewives and their crews and their crews so it's all the crews in one yeah it's sad 
Yeah, but these parties are not sad. Like, they're very legitimate. And yes. And Heather found a man. And Heather, yeah. And that's why it's like at these New York parties, they can never find a man because, first of all, the only guys that are there are the, their gay friends. And the straight guys are and there. And the scarf are, guy. And it's the same two guys. That guy and, and Harry, Harry Dubin. Dubin. Yeah. So it's like, why do all the New York women only fuck the same guys? It's like, because they're the only guys who show up to the parties. Yeah. Yeah. So I was so happy for Heather. So happy for her. No, it, it's, it's still just, it's so enjoyable. And in terms of Jen Shaw and Mary, I'm, um, I'm turning more towards Jen Shaw. I think there was a few things that Mary like didn't said this episode that I just found to be unreasonable. And I oh, like she said her grandfather's brother's daughter works for her. So they're related. She's worked for her for years, but she doesn't know what she does in her personal life outside the tasks she does for her at yeah, home. That, that was, was weird. That was so weird. And but I did think the conversation that Mary and Jen had at um, Whitney's husband's party was productive. And I hope that it's like we can actually move on from this. I know. Um, but I thought we were going to move on from it at the hus- end of the hospital I know, thing. I know. I'm just holding out hope like once again that, yeah. that we can really move on. Yeah, me too. All in all, it was a great episode. Yeah, it was. And it was a great week of Housewives. Yeah, tonight we have Southern Charm. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, good. I'm like on back to back to back. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week, we all, we had... Um, Shows. And Thursday. Two hours. Oh, wow. So it was one hour Because we two bachelors... Tonight. Atlanta and Potomac, OC and SLC. So now we have just Southern Charm tonight. We'll be recapping it tomorrow for our, for our last final show, show of 2020, you guys. So sad. That's so crazy. We'll see you next year. We hope you have an amazing die. We'll- <sighs> die. We hope you have an amazing die. I, I plan on having an amazing <laughs> die, but you just never know what can happen with the snow and like my chest and I'm a little sore. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast, the Millennium Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us Morning Toast, leave a five-star review about how beautiful. Stunning and smart we are. We hope you have an amazing day and we will see you tomorrow. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.